And welcome back to issue 19 of TLD. 19 or 18? Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. 19. Yeah. Issue 19 of TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. And with me, as always, is my shirtless hunking crime. And for the next several days, until we get the poll results, my arch nemesis, Friar, <laughs> my guy. How's it going? Um, I have a shirt on, just so everybody knows this <laughs> later on on the audio channel. I'm, I'm actually wearing a change my mind sweatshirt. Um, but I'm good, Doc. How do you feel about your team after that big DSG superhero draft that we did? I like my team. I think it's a very strong team. Some people might, uh, you know, argue, uh, you know, who is uh, Franklin Richards? I would say uh, read up, son, right? Get, yeah. get some knowledge. Or listen to um, TLDR because you'll we'll learn more about people will learn more about him listening to our show for sure at some point. Definitely, definitely. But I I feel very strong, very confident about my team. It's if the uh, the voters uh, you know feel confident in my team as well. Um, so uh, Venom, Gene Gray, uh, Franklin Richards, uh, Iron Man. That's that's pardon my French. That's a strong fucking team. I must yeah, say. I mean it's, it's a strong team, but is it as strong as the team that I put together? Who you have to get through in the first round, which is tough. I, it's, it, it's kind of brutal that they put us against one another right away. Yeah, I don't like having to go up against my quarterback, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I am confident in victory. You are. I have Doctor Manhattan, and I have Rogue, who is a criminally unrated character because people have some people have the vision of her from the movies, but if ever, anybody knows her from the X Men the animated series or the comics, you know Rogue's one of the best out there. Period. Well, I, I will say. Right, them comic book boys. We have some strong female characters, you know, on our squads, you know. So we're we're not messing around. Yeah, and and I'm also not even mentioning the fact that I have Constantine and, and Spawn. Who I mean, okay. I, <laughs> you're lucky you have Spawn because I almost took him. I almost uh, took him. Is, I, I'm. Wait a minute, who did you take over him in the last round? Instead, I took Venom in the last round because I wanted a strong man and I wanted somebody. Oh, there's a fucking alarm. <laughs> um, I got one, a strong man, and with the symbiote suit, he, he, he can do a lot. He can fuck up a lot of shit. So, yeah, but so does Spawn. I don't know. I, I'm I'm very happy with my team. I think the the guys uh, there are a lot of good teams. I mean, there's obviously a lot of good heroes to pull from. We didn't just stick with one uh, yeah. entity, but there's only so many indie books that got covered. But we'll be talking about an indie book today, or at least you will be. Um, actually, one a little tease. One from. The author that we spoke to for our latest Friarside chat, which you actually set up, how did you think it all went in the end? I, I was awesome. I got I started listening to today. I'm halfway through. Uh, I just I loved talking with uh, Cullen Bunn. He was he was great. He was very gracious, and we covered a, a lot of stuff with him. And a huge shout out uh, to members of the Nerdy Legion, uh, Freddie, uh, formerly of. Um, in the alley now uh, doing a podcast uh, nerds from the underground and uh, Ronnie, the Baron over at nerdy Legion. Those guys really uh, hooked me up uh, so that we could uh, talk to Cullen. And um, I, I would strongly, you know, uh, urge listening to that interview because just so much great information, uh, you know, he, he, he talked with us about and just his process uh, about writing comics, especially indie books and he's got a lot coming up uh, in this coming year, and, and and he said he would love to come back with us. So I'm hoping we get another opportunity to talk to him. Yeah, that would be great. I, I know he's – I mean, in this book, the Bite Size, which we focus yep. on mostly, is a little bit different than some of the stuff maybe yeah. his loyal fans are more used to uh, seeing him write. But we he's got some other stuff cooking, and we didn't just talk to him about Bite Size. As much as you know, yeah. the AWA book, you and I are both planning on reading that. Uh, we also talked to him about Darth Maul. And his his five issue run with him, yep. and then uh, Deadpool kills Marvel Universe too. I'm sorry, Deadpool kills Marvel Universe, and then Deadpool kills Marvel Universe again. Yeah, 
And it was fun. It was fun listening to him talk about because that was one of his favorite things that he said he he's written, especially mm-hmm. for Marvel. Uh, he had so much fun with that, and then he loved uh, the little tidbit of him trolling uh, the fans uh, mm-hmm. in, in that series. So uh, that, w- that was some really good stuff. And and he talked about Harrow County. Um, he discussed the briefly on the book that I'm going to be talking about today. So uh, it was it was just a great interview. I loved it. And I, I, the only thing that I was a little bummed about was he said, I don't know if Cad Bane can have his own series. I think that you bring him into the, you know, the, the live action stuff and then maybe Cad Bane can at least, he at least deserves a mini series right now. I mean, I, I love him. He's one of my, he's, he might be, I think he's my favorite Star Wars character, period. He's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. He just, he's just, there's, there's something about him that's so different than any of the characters, you know, that we've, we've come across. And I think he mentioned um, in the interview that the Mandalorian is a perfect spot for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we could, if they could find a way to get him in there, even if it's just, you know, the Mandalorian has this thing where they like to have a bunch of just random episodes. that don't really tie to anything. Heck, even if just throw him in there, on one of those episodes just to see what kind of buzz he garners. And then mm-hmm. maybe he can spin up because they're doing one for Kara fucking doing for Pete's sake. I hope that doesn't right? actually happen. Yeah. So like, there's a good chance then you could throw someone in like a Cad Bane. Maybe yeah. he's there for an episode or two. There's a lot of buzz and then boom. Right. Yeah. We look, we like Cad Bane is an old being. Like there's no question about that. If he's, we see him in, um, in actually Colin Bunn's, Darth Maul run, which pre-exists, um, or just before the precedes the um, what is the movie? Um, Phantom, Phantom Menace. Yeah. So it precedes that. He's old. He's kind of older there still, but we don't know. Like Yoda was four hundred years old. What's to say Cad Bane can't necessarily do the same thing? But I, I'm, this is not a. We're not devoting the entire <laughs> thing to Cad Bane. I could easily do that um, and talk about him at length, even though I haven't done a ton of research for to talk about him right now. I just love that character and his aura and everything. But for, let's talk more about. Um, what's new this week, Doc? And I know with DC, especially, I reviewed uh, two books this week. Both have ties to uh, Death Metal. One specifically is a one-off, Dark Knight's Death Metal, the last stories of the DC universe, which sounds pretty epic. I mean, you have the Titans on the cover, and it's, I think, 80 pages long, somewhere along those lines. And I, I didn't realize that when I said I was going to review it, but I've been doing every single Death Metal thing so far. So I was not going to pass this one up. And I'll tell you what, like the, you see all the like important characters in DC that that, that um everybody at least one, you know, somebody has a connection with one character at least in this. And it was heavy. Like it's like this last little push or last little like deep breath, I should say, before getting into the big battle that's coming, I, I believe, in Death Metal Six. Yeah, yeah, and and Snyder, you know, tweeted something out the other day about how he, you know, the last book's finished and ready to go, and how bittersweet uh, it is for him. So I, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, the sound of the the title of this book is epic. I can only imagine what's in it. Um, you definitely, you know, you reviewed it over at uh, Geeks Worldwide, so I'm going to go over and, and and check out that review, and then definitely got to get my hands on this one because it's uh, all hands on deck. I think for the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride all the way to the finish. It's been great so far, and then also from uh, now these these stories, the Tales from the Dark Multiverse stories, they are spun off of all this um, 
all this stuff with death metal and whatnot. Like that's in, and they're not mandatory reading by any means if you're trying to keep up with events. But if you like the stories that they originate from, like with Batman Hush, if you like Hush, I recommend reading that. Even if even if you're not paying attention to death metal, you can. This is something you can go and read and enjoy. Just know that there are a lot of messed up multiverses out there or universes out there, worlds because of what's going on in death metal, and it's just like twists along the way. And they did it with Flashpoint that came out this week. And I loved it, Doc. You get Flashpoint Batman. You get a lot of reverse Flash in here too. And I don't want to say any more than that, but it's just, it again, an exceptional job of just taking a cool story and making a couple changes and then seeing where that takes us. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on those books for sure. Other books from DC this week, DC's Very Merry Multiverse and then Batman Black and White. I'm curious if you're interested in reading the latter of those two. Um, the very merry multiverse. It, it seems like it might be fun. Uh, that would be I, the former. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Batman black and white. Uh, I'll probably give that one a go at some point too. Okay. Now, um, Marvel for this week, do you have a book that you're picking up there? So, uh, yeah, I do. I, again, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to plan on going to the comic shop on Saturday, to pick up my fucking stack of books, but, nice. uh, Spider-Man number five, this is, uh, the book written by JJ Abrams and his son. Uh, I still haven't read book four. Again, it's at the comic shop, so I'll, I'll read these both together. This is one of those books that should have ended a long time ago, but because of you know COVID and everything, it, it got delayed. These last two books, so but that that's been pretty interesting. That's been a very unique uh, Spider-Man tale, and, and and book one just has something that happens right off the rip that just kind of made my jaw drop a bit that I, that I definitely didn't see coming, but uh, that was, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to finishing that series up. So this is just straight Spider-Man, not like amazing Spider-Man or anything like that. Just a straight Spider-Man. Spider okay. Yep, and straight have, Spider -Man. do you, have you read a lot of Spider-Man before? Um, I read a lot of Spider-Man back in the nineties, you know, when I was you know younger and reading Spider-Man books. Um, uh, I uh, watched the cartoon a lot, but I haven't been reading a lot of recent Spider-Man. Okay, uh, but uh, so, so this, I'm this saying I haven't. I'm not a big Spider-Man reader. I, I like yeah. the character. Yeah. I prefer I like some of what they did with Deadpool and Spider-Man yeah. teaming up. But by and large, I'm not looking to read Spider-Man stuff. You, but if you say this is pretty good, I'm I'm intrigued. Do you think I could still be fine? I know the character and the stuff. And everything. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's only five books, okay. and you know what they do with the character. Um, oh, is, so this is, is it. Yeah, this is it. It's unique. And it's it's different than uh, Spider-Man books that have come out, you know, previously. And again, something happens in the beginning of the uh, of issue one of this book that just kind of made my jaw drop. And I didn't know if I liked it at first, but then you know I read it again. And as I read the next couple of books, uh, as a as an encapsulated story, as it you know. I went back and I go, you know what? Okay, I I, I don't mind that because there, there's a distinct vision here with with these five books, and it's different, and it 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 you see Spider-Man in a different light that you've never seen him before, and to me that's a little fascinating uh, and was very interesting to read. So I can't wait to finish up these last two books. Simple yes or no question: Does it seem kind of like a uh, black label book in a way where it's like this yeah. is separated? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, see, now that's something I'm, I'm definitely interested in. I would love. Not it as good as the black label stuff that we've been reading, but mm. I would say of the ilk. 
Okay, I like that. I like that. That's something that I mean. I'm more inclined to read that than King and Black Namor issue one, which comes out this week. I know. Oh. You, I know you're excited about that one. Yeah. God, Jiminy Christmas. Yes. No, and, thank you. And then there's Sword issue one, which is kind of uh, it's it's got to do with all the the stuff that's going on with X Men, which Doc and I, as much as Doc's rocking his X Men shirt today, we're both kind of out on right now because it got a little bit too chaotic for are liking. Uh, also, I'm curious if you are at all interested in this or if you, I don't know if this is something that Swaggins could end up reading because it seems like it's kind of oriented for kids, but Heroes at Home issue one, I read it, I read the uh, synopsis to Wes during the comic book minute. So if you guys missed it, uh, being stuck inside isn't easy for anyone, even superheroes. See how your favorite Marvel characters have coped being cooped up with heroes at home. See how Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain Marvel, Wolverine, Black Panther, and, and Captain America do in quarantine. Let Marvel make you smile. Courtesy of artist Guhiru and writer Zeb Wells' Sunday Bunnies. Yeah, that's a, a hard pass for me, but for Swaggins, uh, quite possibly. You know, I, I, I don't see myself picking this book up, but I can see how... Uh, it would be good for, you know, the kids and, you know, you know, uh, having them, you know, uh, kind of cope with what's been going on and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's good. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Okay. Well, we've had some people ask us about books for their kids and whatnot. True, so I, think, true. I figured it's, you know, maybe something we should at least touch on a little bit. Uh, what else we got? All right. So boom studio seven secrets issue five is out this week, which I am all caught up on. And I think, I'm imagining that it's going to be a six-issue six arc you know, for the first trade, not five. So pretty soon I'll probably do a review so that people know when – I'll probably just know when the trade comes out or at least when I get an idea of when the trade is going to come out. Yeah. Anything else from Boom? Uh, so Origins number two came out. Uh, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when number one came out. And I again, I didn't have a chance to read issue one when it came out, just like I didn't have a chance to read issue two for today. But I really enjoyed book one. It's uh, set, again, it's another futuristic sort of uh, dystopian kind of future book. But uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on, uh, on number two and reading that one as well. Now, I know that Dark Horse had North Mythology. North Norse mythology issue three come out this week. And then I, and I, I'm pretty sure you're reading that, but there's another book you're reading that you reviewed this week. And that was with IDW, right? Yusaki Ojimbo number 15, baby. Uh, I, I just, I can't ever say enough about this book and I can't, and I'm hoping I'm not setting the bar too high for when I decide to talk about it, you know, on the show, or mm -hmm. if I actually have something to talk about on the show, because I've talked about it so much, uh, <laughs> you know, leading up to it. Um, but it's just classic Stan Sakai, classic Yusagi Ojimbo, you know, he just sort of, you know, kind of, you know, wandering from one place to another. And it was, uh, it was a simple story. There wasn't a lot of action, but the storytelling that was done, uh, within this book, um, was great. You know, I, I when I reviewed Tom King's Bat Cat, I, I bitched about how brutal the, uh, you know, time, you know, the, 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 the bouncing back between timelines was, you know, past, present, future, and it was chaotic and it was muddled. But Stan Sakai has always been able to do it very well, and, and it tells for a really good story. So, this was a great book. Um, and I reviewed it for Geeks Worldwide. You can go there, check it out. Um, you can, you know, uh, read more of what I had to say about it. But I just, it's, it's one of my favorite things. For future reference, too, for everybody that's curious about what books we're reviewing, I mean, I've been pretty consistent with DC more often than not, and Doc is usually dipping his, dipping his toes to DC, but mostly doing yep. indie stuff. 
if you want to know what we reviewed that week, the day uh, that stuff hit the shelves at the comic book stores, we're sharing our post over on our Instagram now, which we just started up. TLDR is it TLDR underscore pod doc. I think it's, it's something like that, yep. but you can find us. It's got our show logo, which is on our stream at the top of the page, but also doc, I know image comics uh, crossover two came out this week. Correct. And then is yeah. there anything, is there anything else with, from them? Um, let's see from, uh, bu- bu- image bu- bu- was it homesick, homesick yeah. aliens, aliens, right? Yep. Homesick aliens. Number one. Um, again, haven't had a chance to read it. I, I I'm behind on my books this week because I was getting ready for our event last night, Yeah, which was great. And it's just been a little, little chaotic here. Uh, you're also uh, of late too. I want to give you some credit because you think you already, you already work your ass off when it comes to this, but you have, there's books you with Venom, right? You binge the crap out of that. You'd always want to read it, but you hadn't read it. You binge the crap out of it because I haven't read it, did this. And then for the book today, you did the same thing. You've had it. You wanted to read it, binge the crap out of it, um, ahead of today too. So, and, and you're doing it, I think with the next book too, right? I am yes, so I, I'm, I'm playing a little catch up, and and thank you, Freddie, for 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 uh, fixing up my typo. It's homesick pilots, not homesick aliens. Oh, homesick um, pilots. All right, I was getting go. that. I, I got my when I was typing this out, I got it mixed up with another book. But uh, thanks, Freddie. <laughs> and Freddie's in the chat. Uh, he's the one that helped us, you know, get the Cullen Bun interview. And uh, Joey Bag of Donuts, his former uh, tag team partner over at Indie Alley, is here. I wanted to just shout those guys out real quick. But uh, homesick aliens looks really great, and I can't wait to get my hands homesick on pi- that. Homesick pilots. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I didn't fix it. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I know Vault has Giga 2 coming out this week, which you read the first issue and you did not seem too excited about. There's also Devil's Red Bride issue three. Is yep. Are you still in on that? Still on that. I loved it. Uh, it. Number two was fantastic. Again, as I when I talked about the first issue, it just gave me sort of that Usagi Ojimbo feel to it. They're, like I said, they're two completely different styles of books, but that Japanese culture, the the, the traveling samurai, the swordsman, uh, I, I, I eat it up and I absolutely love it. Um, and, and Giga 2, yeah, I, I think I'm out on Giga 2. There's a lot of buzz with this, and, and I enjoy the writer very much. Uh, um, um, Alex... Um, I have no idea who it is. I can't help you. I, I can't. Uh, Packendell. I can't ever pronounce his last name. Uh, oh, is that is that the the author, the writer for um, Red Fork? Yes. Oh crap! Yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Uh, so it just this is a miss for me only because I just I, I don't know the first book just didn't do it for me and I don't think I'm going to continue on and maybe when the trade comes out I'll pick it up and, and, and I'll read it but. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, you can't you can't like everything, even from the writers that we like. Mean Red Fork, you have not gotten the chance to pick, read it yet, right? I know you have, but you haven't read it yet, right? No, I haven't read it yet. Okay, I mean that is an outstanding book, and the pull is also outstanding. But yeah. I like we talked about it with Commanders in Crisis. Steve Orlando, like he wrote that. I haven't read the second issue yet, so we'll see what happens. But usually the first issue is a banger if it's a good yeah. series. So and I and I was not a huge fan of it, and I know you got you've said you've talked to other guys who feel the same way. So I, I don't know. We'll see, but. You know, sometimes writers miss. It happens. It's just like, yeah. it's just like anything else. Uh, last little bit is Bite Sized Issue 1 came out this week from AWA. And if you guys want to hear about that for the first, I think, 20 minutes of the interview with Cullen Bunn, we talked about that. And Doc and I are both going to be picking up that first issue. We haven't done it yet, but we're both very excited for it. But um, you have another Cullen Bunn story planned for us today, Doc. Care to I share do. it with the people? We, we love synergy on this show, baby. So we interviewed... Cullen Bunn. He's got a new book coming out today. And so the book that I talked about, uh, or I'm going to be talking about is The Sixth Gun. And so at the end of the interview, we asked Cullen Bunn, what uh, what are two books that you would suggest to people who are, are new to your 
you know, your writing. And he said, Harrow County and the six gun. He said, mm -hmm. the, those two books are the best encapsulation of who he is um, as a writer. And so I had a different book that I initially was going to do this week. But when he, when he told us that, I, and I hadn't read the six gun yet, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. Cause I, I've, I've read Harrow County, love Harrow County. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I, and I love all his other books that I've read. So uh, the writer, obviously Colin Bunn artist is Brian Hurt. Colorist is Bill Crabtree and the letter is also, uh, you know, Brian Hurt. And so the six gun as, as the sort of title would imply, it, it's a Western. And I don't know about you, but I, I love a good Western and especially in comics because they can just tell some insane stories. And, and, and that's what, what Cullen Bunn uh, does with this. So it's a 50 issue run, right? Over nine trades. So there's, there's a lot of material here and I, I've ripped through the first volume like that. It's just, it's, it's a quick read, but a quick read in, in a good way because it's, it's a page turner. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's a Western, but also a supernatural story. Okay. So the premise of it is that there's these six guns and each gun has a certain power or ability associated with it. And the own, and, and, and the owner of said gun, you know, gets that power. Uh, but the gun cannot transfer owners unless the owner has died. Okay. So it's like a, so right off the bat to me, yeah. it sounds like we're dealing with infinity stones and yeah. the elder wand in Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so there's, 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 right. So there's the, with the six guns, like I said, each one has different powers. So if I am the owner of a gun and you try and take it from me, bad shit's going to happen to you. Got so it. You unless kill you him, kill him first. Okay. Right. So is, but you wouldn't have to kill me. If someone else killed me and the gun was right there, you could take it. Mm. Right. So it's not like with, you know, with the elder one, you've got to kill the person or, you know, you have to kill the person. So you get the one. Right. Or beat them in battle. Right. Like Jason Rossi could come in and kill me and then you could just take the gun. And now you're the owner of the gun. I don't know right? why I'm bringing, bringing Rossi into this, but I guess. Well, you know, Rossi gets a lot, a lot of grief. I wanted to bring him in, you know. Oh, in a, in a positive as, way, as, as the guy who would end up offing you, yeah, that's definitely positive. Right. Like, positive <laughs> than usual, I would say. Right, right, right. Uh, so that that alone is is really uh, is, is a really interesting thing, and there's a lot of mystery surrounding, you know, the guns who have the guns, and then what will happen when someone is able to actually collect all, you know, all of the guns. And so um, you've got uh, armies of undead in this book. Uh, so it takes place in the, in the late 1880s uh, and a lot of the characters, you know, fought in the civil war. Um, and so you got some, some really nasty uh, characters, some really violent characters uh, in this book, but it's that old school Western supernatural feel. You've got undead, you've got, uh, you know, these, these sort of, I don't want to say magical guns, but you know, these guns with these really cool superpowers. And then, you know, you've got some really, really interesting characters and, so when, when, when the book starts, you know, you, you, there's this, this woman, she's got a gun and she's, she says, I need, you know, she sends out uh, a group of guys to go collect the sixth gun. Mm -hmm. And, and so they go out and they do that. And then you get introduced to this other character that plays a really pivotal part. So there's, there's a lot of cat and mouse uh, in this book where, you know, people are kind of always sort of, 
you know, following each other, trying to out, you know, outmaneuver each other to kind of get these guns. And and what Cullen Bunn just does really well across the other boards. I, you know, I've I've mentioned before, Chip Zdarsky, James Tynan, Jeff Lemire. You know, they're they're good character writers, and they they just tell a really good story. And so I wouldn't call this a horror book, but there's some some elements of it, you know, in there. Uh, and and he weaves all these things together, and so. Um, you, the, the the guns, uh, the powers of these guns, which you 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 get throughout the book. One has the ability to um, bring back to life those uh, mm. that it's killed. Mm. Right. So if but, this gun is killed, you know, before you get into the, the powers of the guns, because I do yeah. want to hear that. We, you you bring up the the art the the writers that you love to read all the time, and it's like yeah. if they wrote something, I'm going to at least give it a shot. With Bun, where he tells us this is a good representation of who he is as a writer. I mean, look, I know it's his work and he knows his work better than anybody. And he said, he's, I think he said these, this book and sons of Harold County, Harold County are the ones that he's not apologetic about whatsoever. Yeah. So it should be. Yeah. And he, so do uh, you think this is one of the books uh, that, that you think that's a fair representation that if you're new to Colin Bunn, this is a book you should absolutely pick up. Oh, a hundred percent. It's absolutely fantastic. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a good Western tale. There's a, there's a good story. There's, there's, there's some mystery. There's supernatural. There's cat and mouse. There's, you know, there's, there's some violence. There's some, some horror elements to it. It's, it's but do really you think this is like the same, like, this is kind of like you get a good idea of who the writer is going for. Like these other, his other work is similar style. Similar, oh yeah. Like cause, cause what it boils down to is take the genre out of it. He's a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's a great storyteller, and so to comparing the two books, for example, Harrow County and and the Six Gun, they're two completely different books in tone, style, art, but the stories are very engaging in each. Mm-hmm. He, he he does a he has a great ability to um to 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 write a character that you care about to write a character that you loathe and, 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 and he weaves, he we- just weaves these stories that are, that are great. Again, two completely different stories, tone and uh, in, in everything, but you, you, you always want to get the next page. You want to get to the next panel. That's what's important. Right. And, and, and you want to see how the story uh, concludes. And, and I believe Harold County and uh, the six gun are both about the same in length. Right, 50, 60 books, and for an indie book, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that is a lot. So he he has he has a story in his mind, and he does a really good job telling it. He paces the stories out really well, um, and 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 there's no doubt he should never be you know apologetic for these books because they're they're too absolutely astounding books mm-hmm. and and so you know this one just just sucked me in with the with the premise of it you, you give me a little supernatural in a western setting mm-hmm. and you mix in a little horror stuff boom yeah and I, I i see now with with six gun being only press right yep. you said it was with with that i don't know if i've ever seen that in you know, maybe you have to get into like a real legit comic book store to see that kind of stuff. And I'm not, that doesn't necessarily mean like a midtown comics. I mean, like sometimes the hole in the walls are the ones that are going to have right. stuff that's hard to find. But I think Harrow County is fairly easy to find. I know I've seen it at places before. Yeah. I've, I've, I've not, I've not read much by Oni press and I didn't know about this book until, you know, I was taught, it was funny because I was, I was talking to Davey about doing this interview. And, and one of the things he had said is, Oh, one of the books I have to read by him is the sixth gun. And then 
And he had mentioned it to us already because we had talked to him before you talked to Davey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I haven't seen this book now. I got Harrow County cause I was at my local comic shop and I said, I need something new. I just finished this. What do you recommend? And, uh, you know, Dave over at hub comics said, boom, read this, uh, gave me volume one. I bought, I bought volume one. And then, uh, next week I went back and got volumes two and three. And, right. And right. So I've seen Harrow County, you know, again, like you said, you know, more readily, but the six gun, this is one that I hadn't seen. It wasn't even on my radar. Oh, um, I thought for some reason that you had been wanting to read this for a while. Cause when he, we talked about it afterwards, I thought you said that my mistake, I apologize. Yeah, no but, worries. But anyways, but, you, you were saying about the six, the six gun powers. Right. So just to kind of tell you a little bit about, you know, you know, the guns and then I'll just get into a couple of characters real quick is that uh, the, the abilities of these guns are, are, are pretty cool. You've got one that, like I said, if you kill it, whoever it kills, uh, you can bring them back to life. It's sort of like these, they're called husk husks. And they're sort of like these, they, they look like mud people almost, but they will, they will fight. You know, and 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 he's you know, the person that has this gun killed a lot of people, and so he can he can call on a horde, uh, you know, to kind of help you know help attack, um, and, and defend. Uh, there's another gun that sort of brings fire, right? Sort of this hellfire around, so you can shoot someone, set them on fire, or you can sort of create a wall of fire. Um, there's a, a another one that's power. It's sort of like a it, it's like a it, the, the bullet is small, but it, when it hits you, it's like getting hit by a cannonball. Um, there's another one that creates a flesh rotting disease. Uh, one that's got sort of regeneration healing powers. And then uh, the sixth gun, uh, which is the, the sought after gun is um, it's season to the future. Okay. Now the one that does the flesh. Okay. Okay. I got confused there. So the flesh eating rotting disease one is not the same as the regeneration healing one. Correct. Correct. Yep. Two different guns. Yep. Okay. All right. I, all right. I got a little surprise there. Uh, a little thrown off there, but okay. So tell me about who, who's um, who, who do we got in here? We're well, telling like I, these characters that I'm supposedly going to get invested in. So uh, the, 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 the big bad, at least in the first, the first volume is general Hume. He was a, uh, he was a general in the civil war. He was a, he was a real nasty guy. And so he um, came across these guns. He recruited, uh, you know, his posse to carry, you know, these guns to really go out there and, 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 and you know, fuck some shit up. Um, but he is dead uh, and his gun, it belongs to someone else. And, you know, within the first book, he is, he is brought back to life and he, he wants to get his, his gun back. He wants to get his hands back on all, all six guns. And so, um, you know, he was a vicious, violent general during the civil war. And, and uh, he, his, his wife, Missy Hume, uh, is also in possession of one of these guns. And she is the one that uh, sort of sends uh, this posse, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, outlaws to go, you know, she, she's located the six gun uh, and, and, and to retrieve it so that she can, you know, get it back in the hands um, of her husband. But the problem is they need that person to be alive because, uh, you know, General Hume doesn't want to have to kill, you know, someone that he's close to uh, to get his gun back. He'd rather much, you know, kill a stranger. Um, and then you've got Drake Sinclair. He's sort of your, um, you know, protagonist in the story. He's a very mysterious person. You, when you get later on in the books, you get a little bit more, uh, you know, details about him and sort of his past. Um, 
And he too is also seeking the six gun, but he's, you know, he's seeking it for the purposes of, you know, to prevent general Hume from getting it. But also uh, he's say he's seeking it out for monetary purposes. There, there's some sort of treasure uh, that he is in search for and this, you know, collecting this gun will help him get that. Um, and then you have Becky Moncrief who um, uh, it is her father who is in possession of the sixth gun, uh, but he dies and she inadvertently picks up the gun. So now the gun belongs to her. Oh, yeah, that stinks. But it's yeah. awesome in some ways too. Yeah, and so now when she every time. So she wait a second. Gun, With this, I don't. If I'm like spoiling anything, like. Nope. But if with the sixth gun if you can see into the future you can see how you die then essentially right like i mean isn't that yeah and she sees you know uh, again i don't want to spoil anything i'm not trying to teach yep, you up to do i'm that. not i'm not spoiling anything you know she does see one of uh you know one you know so she does see someone die and it does come to fruition you know right. uh, at the end uh at the end of the, the fifth or the sixth book uh, but it's it's weird. It's it's it, she gets these visions and it haunts her. And it's I don't, I don't want to say it's slowly driving her mad, but it's I mean you could imagine all of a sudden you you've got this object that you don't want, and every time you you touch it, you know you, you you're getting horrific images of the future, and you're you're seeing you're seeing death or you're seeing whatever. Yeah, uh, that would be brutal, especially if you can't control it. Uh, you don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of mystery, you know, in, you know, in these books and throughout the, the first volume, you know, you, you start to get also more of an origin of the guns and, and, and what the, 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 the true power of having them all in your possession could mean. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so there's a quest that's going along with this as well. And so you've got this, this element of, of one group constantly chasing the other group um, you know, there's, 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 there's some really good battles and, and some fight scenes. Um, again, armies of undead. It's great. Uh, and it's, and it's a Western setting. Um, I, I'm absolutely hooked. And the I big question, it. the big, so yeah, the fact, first of all, the fact that we find out about her getting the sixth gun and knowing like her, like what she can see and whatnot into the future in the fifth or sixth issue when you, it's 50 issues long. I mean, that's, yeah, maybe it's something you're telling me, but it, I know you said it's not a spoiler, but even if it was, I mean, that is just so early on to find something yeah. out like that when there's so much left to the story. Do you think, based on what you've read so far, that this could be turned into a show or a movie or both? So um, there was a couple of different times going back to, I think, 2011, in which this, show, this book was optioned for a show. It was. Uh, once on Sci-Fi and then... I can't oh, remember. Sci-fi would have been good, man. And I, I can't been... remember what the other network was. NBC maybe, but both ultimately passed. And I believe Pedro Pascal was uh, was tied to it at one point oh, in time. Wow. I think sci-fi back does in like a good job. Yeah, I, I think it weird. Would have been perfect, you know, especially for sci-fi. It, it would have been perfect, but Damn. you know, I could see this on uh, you know a Netflix or an Amazon because there's there's a really good story to tell and as you see with the mandalorian people do like uh you know westerns right mm-hmm. there's 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 just something right uh, really really awesome about that really cool about it and so this could eat and there's enough material there where you know you could you could stretch this out you, you know you could make this uh a, a you know a three four season you know show five seasons if you if you as long as you stuck to you know eight episodes per season, you could really do I think it justice, uh, and, and I think people would eat it up because it's it it's got all the it's it's got a little bit of 
Walking Dead to it. It's got Western to it. It's got supernatural stuff to it. And um, it's it's just a tremendous book, man. Again, you've had a lot of good recommendations throughout all of this, Doc. And I know some for some of our listeners, it may seem like, oh, you know, I'm going to read everything that Doc has suggested. I, I mean, maybe the majority, but this is one I'm very much interested in, especially when, when Colin Bunn's telling us, this is a good representation of who I am as a writer because I've read some of his stuff more so Marvel than anything, but I, I, I want to read his indie stuff because as we've gotten to, as we've learned, like if you'd like a writer with DC or Marvel and you like comics, you're not just here for the superhero stuff. Like you're going to love their indie stuff or at least a good portion of it. You're going to want to give it a shot. So I'm, I'm excited to give six gun a chance. Um, I cannot believe you never talked about Harrow County for, uh, Dorktober, but I mean, maybe you can do that down the line before I pick that one up too. Yeah. And, and the only reason why I didn't, cause there was a lot of really good books that were still coming out that were still new, uh, that came out. So it all just kind of worked out that way, but it was on my short list, uh, to make it on there. I'll definitely talk about it at some point. That book is also tremendous. Now one, the, the book that I was thinking about talking about today was also a Cullen Bunn book, but I was like, you know what? We talked about it a little bit last uh, with him. So if you guys want to hear more about Cullen Bunn's take on Darth Maul, by all means, go back and listen to the episode. He brought up some really cool stuff and what he would do with the character and everything. I have all you know the issues for that. There's only five. It's only a five issue series. And as you can see, if you're watching us on the stream, uh, Cad Bane is in the background on this cover, and I believe this is the third cover, third cover of the series. And uh, he, you know, he has a little role. I would obviously love a bigger role for him, but. Getting to see him thrown in the mix is always fun. If, you know, for those who watch the Clone Wars, you meet the character there. But I still wanted to talk about Darth Maul because I've been thinking about it for a while, and just the way timing worked out with Colin Bunn. It's like, all right, you know what? We ha we can I can talk about Darth Maul now, especially since you're going to do one of his books this week. But I went with um, a different Darth Maul story. This is a little bit later on because Colin Bunn's Darth Maul story takes place before the Phantom Menace. Uh, before he's run into Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan or anything like that, so he still has his legs. This is um, afterwards, and this is actually after... So where we see the stuff in the last series with um, at the end of uh, Clone Wars, this is kind of like in the the middle... This is like kind of in the midst of everything and a little strange. I'm trying, I actually need to go back and watch Clone Wars and see how this fits in. Darth Maul, son of Dothamir, because we see where he's... Um, no, now we have an understanding because he gets up starting up his own crime syndicate and everything. Then Senator Palpatine, uh, Darth Sidious, comes in, screws things up for him, and we see Darth Maul kind of get pushed out in this story. He gets pushed out and captured. Then we see him come back into the mix in Clone Wars. So that's all right. That's where that's where it all is. So, anyways, with with this story, first of all, I should mention who uh, who wrote and drew and all this. So the writer was Jeremy Barlow. Artist is Juan Frigeri. Inks by Mauro Vargas. Colors by West Zoba. And letters by Michael Heisler. And um, the thing about Darth Maul is I don't think you can ever get enough of the character. I don't think we've gotten enough of the character. I mean, like, I, I really think like, criminally underrated i know dark like i know star wars fans think he has a cool look he's obviously his action and all that all that's there the way he's trained versus other siths like the, the, at least his fighting style is 
very different from what we've seen. I think we see a little element of it in Palpatine when he fights against Yoda, where it's like that Sith assassin style. But Palpatine is just so dynamic in his in the way he fights and the powers he has at his disposal. And that's another thing from this book that I think is really interesting. With it's not a huge spoiler, so I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna give you the exact answer. But I think in this you learn how Palpatine gets a certain power. Um, you really have to pay attention to, to how, like, like they don't flat out say, this is how Palpatine learned how to do this. And you, you know, we now, like you've, you've seen it before. Like you learn of some, of somebody that he's worked with in the past and you see as things transpire, this is where Palpatine learned this because you only see it with him. And I don't want to go any further than that, but I thought that was a really cool little tidbit. Also, we knew Maul had the dark saber in clone wars. And as you see on the cover that doc tweeted out of the one that I'm showing you guys on the screen right now, um, he has the dark saber, which is now in position of Moff Gideon in, um, in the Mandalorian. So, I mean, that alone right there, I would think is going to reel you in. Furthermore, we get a lot of important characters thrown in the mix and all this too. We have, uh, we have, Count Dooku, General Grievous, Darth Sidious. We get a little bit of Mace Windu, a little bit of Obi-Wan action. And we also get Mother Talzin mixed in as well. And I think Dothamir as a planet in general, when we talk about expanding the universe, they did a good job of bringing that in in the Clone Wars. You get Savage Opressed and everything who is not in here because if you watch the Clone Wars shows, you know what happens with him. And... Um, this kind of picks up where that left off. That and, and then you get into what we saw at the end with Ahsoka fighting Darth Maul and all that. So I but I think with um I think they do a good job of giving us more with Dothamir. I think when when we talk about the old republic and pre-Sith like, rule of two. Dothamir is something that we would learn a lot more about. We haven't seen Mother Talzin in a live action um version yet, but I think we could see her thrown in the mix if they ever go that far back. And Honestly, Doc, the thing, the reason why I like, I like Bun's Darth Maul and I like this Darth Maul. Um, the action is outstanding in Darth Maul, son of Dothmere. Outstanding. And it's not just Darth Maul too. Dooku's crazy. And the, um, the, like the, the Knight Brothers from the, the guys from Dothmere, they're awesome too. I, but I'll tell you what, I need, I still want more. I'm still like, we need to get more. And I feel like with these, with both of these guys, they're kind of thrown in, meaning Barlow and Bun. I feel like they're thrown into like a tiny box where it's like you can only do so much, and that's not a a Disney Lucasfilm you know Marvel thing. That's just what happened with the character and how he's been screwed up like through the years <laughs> so much, and it's really frustrating uh, for me. But I, I think if you want more Darth Maul, if you're craving Darth Maul, Son, Son of Dothmir and Buns for that matter are both must pickups. So does does because uh, I haven't read either of these, but the son of Dothamir, do do you just see you know the 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 lightsaber wielding sort of fighting Darth Maul? Are there any 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 powers? Do you get uh, more of an origin into Darth Maul himself? Or I think with but with Buns you get more of an origin because there's a an inner monologue with yeah. um with mall in that story, and this one is more just kind of the actions, what's going on, what's taking place. But one thing that I as I was rereading this, um, that I kind of learned more about Maul, or I guess noticed with Barlow's uh, approach to the character, is with Maul, he's like that, he's like a blue chip prospect. Yeah. He is the guy that everybody's invested in. Everybody thinks he's going to take off, kick ass, and for sure, like a, like a, the next Mickey Mantle, something yeah. along those lines. But then 
people, but because of that, because he everything goes so well for him, everybody who helps him kind of along the way, he he just trusts them naturally because like things are going well, these people are helping me out, and why not go with them? We've seen what happens with him and Palpatine through the years, and I think because look, he's already a Sith, so he's already a, a bad dude and already kind of angry. But then when he gets betrayed and deals with this 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 backstabbing with these with certain characters that he once trusted and once. He may not say cared about, but he kind of did care about – in some ways he kind of cared about or at least planned to manipulate them enough because he thought that he had their trust. We see what's happened, and this guy has unraveled and is just trying to do everything to go after power and become the next big thing in anybody who's in his way. It's like you're screwed. And I, it's just he's totally unhinged. And in the in Bun's story, he's not quite there yet because things haven't gone sideways. But you can – you hear – you learn – about the rage even more so being built within him because like this guy is just he's just a flat out angry dude from from the first time we meet him and I'm sure if we went back to when he was a kid it wouldn't be that far off. I, I in general the people from Dothamir are all kind of pretty vicious. Yeah. Do we get the the spider legs uh, Darth Maul in this? Or? No, thank God. I hate the spider legs Darth Maul. Not age spiders in movies like big spiders kind of bugged me out. Didn't like it in the Mandalorian. And uh, I just don't like that Darth Maul. I, I yeah. wish he didn't have. I wish he had his legs, to be honest. But whatever. Yeah, it's, they could have done something because w- when they Ugh. introduced that, I was just like yeah, a little bit of an eye roll, and then you just kind of you go with it. But I, I'm glad that he's uh, he's he's got his special legs. Yeah, he's it's he's got that. So I mean, it's but it's um, it, it, there's a lot of fighting in this. There's it's pretty much like intense from start to finish. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what the things we want, especially with Darth Maul. Like there's sometimes it could, you know with movies you don't want some people don't want the action for the sake of action, right? And I get yeah. that. With some characters though in books, like in comic books, I do want some action just for the sake of action. It right. all it, it's all important here. It all ha- carries weight, but I really want to see that with Darth Maul because we've just been so deprived of that through the years. And I think when it comes to action, Barlow does it more than Bun. But yep. Bun has was tasked with developing the character further and giving him the closest thing we've gotten to an origin story so yep. far. And I thought he did, excuse me, I thought he did a great job with that. But at the time, I I think I read Son of Dothmir before I read. Well, Son of Dothmir came out beforehand, yep. and I read that beforehand. I was like, I just need more action. I just that's all I want. Like I just we I never got enough of that with Darth Maul. And he's such a cool character. Just right. give me more of it, please, for the love of God. And if you're like me and you feel that way about Darth Maul. Then that then you're gonna get your fix from from Son of Dothmir. So five issues. Could this have gone longer, or so, was it a nice tidy story? Actually, Son of Dothmir was only four issues. It four comes issues, with it comes, no, it's okay. No, the other one's five issues. Yeah. There there is um there's something else that go, like they have at the end, but I think it's like a little like like a kid thing. I, I forget what it was. I don't. I did not go back and reread it. I didn't necessarily care to. Uh, it's like a spoof. But yeah, four issues. Yeah, they could like look. Don't me wrong. It's nice, tight, quick, and. It makes it very enjoyable, and you can breeze through through that thing. I um I I would always want more Darth Maul doc. I don't know necessarily what they would do for like this story. Could you have done other arcs? And I just think that the problem with Darth Maul is any writer who has him now, unless you are doing like, and I don't think you can really do this for Star Wars, but unless you did something like that wasn't canon. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't think that would work out well. It's just it's going to be tough because you're yeah. in this tight box where he just. The character has been so restrained and misused and butchered through the years. It's just like I, I think that when Colin Bunn talked to us about it, the, the crime syndicate stuff with Darth yeah. Maul, I think there is a lot there. 
and there's like a, a period that he that can that can be fixed. I just don't know with the timing here. Actually, absolutely with the timing here. Yeah, like because Cullen was talking about it with the show and everything, what he did and how we see Darth Maul in um, the solo movie. Yeah, yep. they, they could do more, but it would be there's still stuff that needs like you have to have the Clone Wars stuff that right. happens here, and then you go back to it like you would in um, Solo. So yeah, I, there's definitely room to have more but for the story that they're like focusing on here i'm fine with it just being four issues instead of like the normal six perfect nice nice i'll have to give that a shot i haven't read i haven't read many star wars books in general i'm reading the the, the current run of um uh vader Darth vader now which is which is great and enjoy you talk about that. that on here uh it was i think it was fairly early on i think it was somewhere around issue 10 yeah, I'll see. It was either eight or nine or 11 or 12. Seven. Somewhere right around there. Seven. We were right, about, we were right around it. Yeah. Issue <coughs> right seven is when Doc talked about Darth Vader. And in that issue, I talked about Sarah from TKO yeah. Studios, which, you know, Doc, we're getting close to the, uh, obviously, the end of the year. We're in the final month of it. And I know we have our next trade coming up, but I think we may have to do something special for. I know I'm just throwing this to you. I, we haven't talked about it off, uh, off camera at all. But I think towards the like, when we get to the like the last episode of the year or something like that, maybe we do a get this year in review or something along those lines and touch on some of the books that we recommended for each other or our favorite books, even if yeah. we're rehashing some of the ones that we talked about because we could have new people listening or watching that we want to let them know about books that we really like. Because I know, like, I see Sarah come up and it's like this is my favorite book of the year. Sarah. Yeah, I know. I know it's not. It didn't come out this year, but it is my favorite book that I read this year. Yeah, you know, I think because we've got we've got next issue, which is, is trade. the trade, and then we've got Christmas. So maybe maybe the week of New Year's we'll do maybe. a uh, we'll do a year. You know, we'll 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 treat it sort of like a trade. Mm -hmm. uh, we, won't, we won't necessarily talk about an additional book, but maybe we'll come up with. Uh, It'll be an annual doc. This will be ah! an annual. <laughs> Look at that, baby! Oh my Shit. god! Coming together, you know. TLDR annual one. Love it. Love oh, it, love right. It, love it, love it, love it. All right. So we'll be doing that. Uh, make sure if you guys haven't already, go back and check out the Dork Shared Gooniverse superhero draft. I've, I've rewatched it once. I was there for it. And I was laughing the entire time when you guys watched it. I laughed way too much during it. <laughs> it was all funny, though. I died yeah. on rewatch, though, Doc, with some of the stuff. Like, I, I, I can let it go and just not, not hold back. Oh, my God. You need more vision. Right. There was, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, oh, God. Goose put out the hashtag. I forget what it was. Hashtag show vision more love or something like that. Yeah. It was so great. Hashtag Rossi. But, oh, but Rossi was great. It was so, it was so yeah. funny. And obviously, the superheroes, you know, there's some great picks mixed in there. I thought Wes's team was criminally underrated. And, uh, oh, yeah. Quinn, I saw Quinn uh, LaPerl in there, excuse me, in the chat last night. We appreciate you hanging out um, and hanging out with us now for TLDR. But, yeah, it's, I highly recommend going and listen to it. You can see that on Facebook on the Change My Mind uh, Twitter stream, and then on Shime's Twitch stream. Yep. Uh, make sure you guys vote, too. Doc and I, unfortunately, have been paired against each other in the first round. The polls start on Thursday. You'll have 24 hours to vote. It'll also be Davey against the winner of Wes and Rossi. And then we have Shime versus Billy. Shime is the favorite in that one. And then it is Keefe versus Goo in the 4-5 matchup, with Keefe having the slight edge. You guys got Pineapple Boys coming up soon, right? Yeah, we got them Pineapple Boys. Uh, I've heard it both ways. We'll be on tomorrow night at 8.30. Uh, we'll be uh, recapping the fourth episode 
um, of season one. Don't ask me what the title is because I just don't have it off the top of my head. It's super long. <laughs> but it is Thursdays for everybody knows, depending on when yeah. you're listening or watching. Exactly. So Thursday night at 8.30 on um, – it'll be on uh, the Change My Mind uh, YouTube page. It'll be on uh, the Facebook uh, page and my stream. Perfect. The, you yeah. mean the, the PCP YouTube page? Sorry, PCP. Yes. Yes, yeah. right. I'm all over the fucking place today. Oh, a, you're good. It's yeah. Oh, no, I understand. I don't. I don't mind you getting their stuff messed up. It's uh, it's totally fine. <laughs> also, you know, we have the Colin Bunn interview. This has been a really, really busy week for us, and I know yeah. more stuff coming out from the DSG because the holiday season. There's been a. I mean, there's. A, I know. Uh, was it Dork did the superhero, um, the female superhero episode that they just did. I haven't listened to that in its entirety, but I'm very excited for that. And Rossi is working on the tabulations for the top 25 Dork Shared Universe Christmas movies of all time. So I'm very excited for all that. And I believe we have more stuff coming along as well. Uh, I want to leave it on this note, though, that I thanked Quinn for being involved in everything. And now Quinn is saying that the final four should be Davey, Keefe, Doc, and Shine. That means I would be a first-round exit, Quinn. I don't appreciate it. I, I, retract, <laughs> I retract everything that I said. Doc, until next time, stay sexy. You know it. <laughs>